Hi, and welcome to 10-Minute Treadmill Stories. I'm Stacy. I'm Jonah. This is where we tell you stories of people that we find absolutely inspiring or incredible or fascinating, and they're about 10 minutes long. You can always reach us at stacyandjonah at gmail.com. If you have a story you'd like us to know about, what you got today? Today I have a very small portion of the story of Gerda Lerner. She basically brought the accomplishments of women in history to light. This is one of the stories that I almost didn't do it because she's done so much that 10 minutes is almost a disservice to her accomplishments. (laughs) Mm. But I did want to talk about her. It is Women's History Month, and the role of women in history was pretty much unrecognized until Gerda Lerner came along. She pioneered the field of women's history, shone a light on the role of women in history, and insisted that this role be recognized. So um, I'm going to jump around with her life a little bit, but just to give you some background, she was a history teacher, and in 1972, she moved to Sarah Lawrence College, where she founded the first graduate program in women's history. In 1980, she began teaching at University of Wisconsin-Madison, and she founded the PhD program in women's history. This is something that was so close to our lifetime, but it was so different back then. And that's why it really stuck out to me. When Gerda was getting her doctorate at Columbia in the 1960s, she had to fight blatant sexism on the part of her coworkers, the history faculty. She told them she wanted to study the role of women. And she said, quote, they thought I was crazy. Graduate school was not a happy experience for me. I was presented with a narrative of the past in which women did not exist. I kept saying, where are the women? I was told they were having babies. End quote. (laughs) So this is the, the era that she was bringing women's history to light in. And perhaps she could have taught me some grammar as well. That would have been great. It's interesting how how history well this might sound weird to say it this way but it sounds one of the benefits of doing this podcast with you i'm realizing is that i'm learning how non-linear history really is like yes the the time and place where things happen do not follow like my mind's assumptions like mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago we talked about uh the woman who was the first computer programmer like ever in the early 1800s. And then it takes until 1970 for higher education institutions to even decide to finally allow the idea that women had a part in history enough so that you could study it. Like that's 150 some odd years, like between those two facts, those seem to should have been reversed. You know what I'm saying. I, I, yes, I feel like I'm sounding confusing, but you're picking up what I'm putting down. I am picking up what you're putting down, even though I'm a woman. I get it. No. <laughs> well, I mean, tidying up is it, it's like uh, <laughs> intrinsic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just got hired on the on the PhD board of a of a major college, so it's been seeping into my brain. <laughs> Fantastic. (laughs) So uh, those were some of the things that Gerda accomplished as an adult. But during her childhood, she had seen firsthand that a woman could be unconventional and independent. 
She was born in Vienna in 1920 to a very wealthy Jewish family. And her father, Robert, was this ambitious young army officer, and he married someone who had a substantial dowry. He used that to um, establish a pharmacy and a pharmaceutical factory. But Greta's mother, Ilona, became an advocate of sexual freedom, vegetarianism, and yoga, which scandalized Robert's mother because in that era, like these were really far out ideas, right? So Gerda's grandmother felt that she had to save her from this, you know, far out thinking. But since they all lived together in this giant house, Gerda's mother and grandmother were constantly at odds. They were constantly arguing and raging all the time. And Gerda's mother was just miserable living this life and she wanted a divorce. But she would have lost custody of her kids had she done that. So she talked Gerda's father into a legal contract redefining their relationship. This is in the 30s, the 1930s. So they would continue the appearance of marriage, but they would lead separate lives. They would be discreet. And Gerda's mother then moved into a room marked off from the rest of the, the house Gerda and her sister had to make appointments to see their mother, and she became involved in the student underground against clerical fascism there. And so when the Nazis invaded, she worked with the resistance. So remember, her father was a pharmacist, and this was when the Nazis, when Germany was trying to annex Austria into Germany. And her father, who was a pharmacist, was tipped off that he was about to be arrested because he was Jewish. So he fled to Liechtenstein, where he had another drugstore. But before he could send for his family, Gerda and her mother were arrested and they were thrown into jail for six weeks and held um, as a way to kind of pressure her father to come back. They were arrested without any charges and she thought she was going to be killed and sent to a concentration camp. But while she was in jail, she met two women who were part of the resistance and the food rations for everybody while they were in jail was really small. They were like barely enough to survive. And then the Nazis cut the food rations for Jewish inmates in half. So, you know, they weren't going to make it. And the two women who were part of the resistance shared their food rations with Gerda and her mother. And Gerda said she asked them why. And they said they were socialists. And it meant that they would go without. But she never forgot that. And so... Because of her activism, she was able to witness the incredible contributions that women were making, and it kind of steered her focus as a historian. Her family did flee Austria in 1938, and she immigrated to the U.S. a year later. So I'm sorry, are you sure those women gave her their food and weren't just having babies? <laughs> I mean... Just want to clarify. Why Why can't they do both? <laughs> Through Lamaze breathing, she pushed her bowl of porridge over to Gerda's side. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I feel like I'm just running through this because there's so much that she went through and so much that she contributed to the, I, I almost want to say to the rise of women. I am not doing her any justice. There are documentaries and she is interviewed and she has books out and they're just fascinating. And I would suggest learning more about her without me <laughs> involved. <laughs> you're paving the road uh, with with interest asphalt and you're paving that road with the destination of, of, of full knowledge at the end. Thank you. 
She was saying that in Vienna, all the people that she worked with were women. The people in the jail, the people in the underground. She saw women being active in every single level except the executive level. So she's witnessing firsthand how, you know, women are doing all this work, but they're not in charge of anything. Then in America, she said she worked with black women and she was overwhelmed by the talent and persistence of their effort and their total invisibility. And because of that experience, she wrote Black Women in America, a documentary history. And while she was doing research for that, she was told, quote, they left no record. (laughs) Can you believe that? They left no record. Mm -hmm. She knew that was a total lie. She had seen it with her own eyes. And she spent her life working to make the invisible seen and to honor them. She said she was part of the invisible, first in the underground as an anti-fascist, then as an immigrant, then as a left-wing radical. And she wrote so many essays and she did write two landmark books, The Creation of Patriarchy and The Creation of Feminist Consciousness. And they have guided the study of women's history and established it as a formal academic field because until she came along, it was unacknowledged. She did pass away at the age of 93, uh, but she was an organizer to the very end. She was an agitator at the Oakwood Retirement Center in Madison, Wisconsin, where she (laughs) resided the last few years of her life. (laughs) And that is a very partial story of Gerda Lerner, who brought the accomplishments of women in history to light. I mean, and no more appropriate time to share it than now. I... I doubt that we would even have Women's History Month without the efforts of people like Gerda. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. It's really true. And something that is interesting to me is that Women's History Month apparently grew from Women's History Week, which started in Sonoma County, California. Hey, your home county. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>